Hey, this is Sharon Srivatsan. Welcome back to the Business School Podcast. And in this episode, I have a special treat for you. I took the last 30 days to do a bunch of research. I researched the top influencers uh, in the world over the last 30 days. And I came up with a lot of great insights on what influencers are doing so that I could utilize that as a blueprint as I go forward, as I jump back into the new realm of the content creation world. And out of all these insights that I learned, I picked out nine. Nine influencer secrets to share with you. Nine uh, big picture, but yet tactical ideas on what the top influencers are doing right now to build, grow, and scale their brands and their businesses. I spent 30 days doing this. I found a pattern on all of that, and I have uh, synthesized tons of notes to nine influencer secrets for you. I want to give them to you in a step-by-step way, and it all starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. All right, I spent the last 30 days doing a very specific research project, and I want to give you my nine lessons learned in the last 30 days. I learned a lot more than this, but I learned nine important lessons that have shaped uh, a new strategy for me going forward, and I want to take you through these nine lessons. So let me give you the quick background here. I have a, a something that I want to need to admit. <laughs> Over the last two to three years, I've really fallen off on content creation, public-facing content creation. I've spent a lot of time creating in, in-house internal content for my partners and uh, launching a new partnership program where I'm a minority partner in companies doing kind of three to 10 million, helping them triple their business and get them ready for an exit. So that's what I'm doing at Highland Prime. If you want to check it out, go to highlandprime.com and check it out. But more importantly, I've taken all that time over the last three years and spent it internally, taking my intellectual property, my knowledge, creating frameworks, creating SOPs, creating like uh, ideas for how entrepreneurs doing three to 10 million can scale to uh, 10 to 30 million in three years and set set themselves up for an exit. And because of that, internal focus, I have not done a lot of external content creation, especially kind of short form content creation. What I have done is I've shared this with you in this platform where I have done podcasts and I've been uh, writing some emails, uh, emails to my email community. That's it. Every other piece of content that has been posted on my channels over the last three years has been recycled, uh, repurposed, content from the last, you know, from the last 10 plus years that my team has been able to take and repurpose and use. So old podcast interviews, old blogs, old emails, all of that have been kind of put old wine in a new bottle so far. But I'm finally at a point where I am back in the game. I'm excited to create new content because not just for me, but also for my partners to really give them a sense of what's coming up in the new world. And now with our shifting market, I think it's even more important for me to show up and create this. But that all that said, in the last two to three years, things have changed significantly. So instead of just flipping back to my old hat and saying, this is how I'm going to go build new stuff, 
I decided that I would take 30 days and I would research what is happening in the content world right now, what influencers are doing to get new, you know, kind of get more eyeballs, get more impressions, get more clicks, get more likes, get more views, and get their content in front of more people in these rapidly changing mobile devices, times when everything, we're being bombarded with everything, right? So in the last 30 days, I've done a deep dive and really studied these influencers. Uh, you can, you know, kind of everybody from media, like, call it uh, Charlie D'Amelio on TikTok to Grant Cardone to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk to Tom Bilyeu to uh, Oprah to Tony Robbins to the old school folks like Jim Rohn and uh, Harvecker and the the young upcoming folks as well. And so I am starting to see like, okay, well, what is Jason Capital doing? What are Alex and Layla Hormozzi doing? What is Craig Balthine doing? What's Bader Schooling doing? I'm seeing this stuff and trying to figure out the one word, which is the pattern. What are the patterns? What are the secrets? And I took a bunch of notes and uh, shaped my strategy going forward because learning what the market's doing and uh, riding that wave while you can infuse your own personality is a really good thing. So uh, first big lesson before I get into these nine influencer secrets. If you were starting a new project, I would offer to do a little bit of research because the research allows you to understand what's happening, what the impact is, like just seeing folks crushing it is really inspiring because I'm like, oh my gosh, that person is doing that and is crushing it. That's amazing. If I did that, I would do it too. I'd do better, right? It gives you, it gives you hope. It gives you inspiration. It gives you aspiration. It gives you ambition. It's a really, really good thing. I had never once thought about how to do anything, right? The how was not part of anything that I thought about. I just thought about what was being done. I didn't think about the how. I just wanted to get the insights, the learnings, um, and the secrets overall so that I can find a way to build my own plan associated with it. So if you are embarking on a new project, especially if you're embarking on a project where you want to get more famous, get more impressions, get more fame, become an influencer, all of that, right? I would offer to, you don't have to be crazy like me and do a 30-day study. I would offer to do a few days of research and just, if you just were reporting, if you were a reporter, right, and you were writing an article for the New York Times and you were reporting and you had to do some research, what would you report? What are the insights you would glean? Because those can help you significantly. So uh, before you do something big, before you commit a bunch of resources, before you commit a bunch of time, uh, do a little bit of research because I think that research process will give you a lot more than just knowledge. All right, so of all the insights that I picked up, I condense them to share with you into uh, what may not seem like a lot, but nine influencer secrets, which I think you will, will really appreciate. So let me get right into the tactical version of these nine influencer secrets. Number one, they, I'm just going to call them they, they reuse content. They reuse content big time, big time. So this doesn't mean, so what I mean is not, they're not copy pasting, right? That's not, that's not what they do. What it does mean is that they are scaling their winners and killing their losers. They're going back to old content that has worked well and rewriting in a different way, reposting in a different way, reshooting in a different way. A lot of content creation is reusing the same 10 ideas 10,000 different ways. So if uh, Jason Capital went and saw one of his videos got 4 million views, where his next best video only got a million, that's 4x better, what was it there, right? So he can say, hey, was it the hook? Was it the topic? Was it the messaging? Was it what I was wearing? What was it? And then 
reutilizing the thematic content around that is really powerful. So you're saying the same thing in a different way. So if you are teaching, you know, um, I'll make it up. If you're teaching how to get bigger calves and you did a story about how to get bigger calves and it got a lot of views, now you tell the same thing, but you tell it differently saying, hey, how Arnold got bigger calves. Right. And then you say, hey, how you can eat cucumbers to get bigger calves. And then you turn it around saying how I get bigger calves when I was training for the Olympics. All of those are on the thematic version of how to get bigger calves. Instead of having to come up with new ideas over and over again, if we can synchronize the right ideas from what we already have and find 10,000 other ways of saying them, it's really helpful. So here's what I did. I found the highest performing videos. And I was like, wait a minute, I've seen this video that Gary Vaynerchuk did. And I, and I saw this on 10 years ago. I'm like, oh yeah, he did this and it got a ton of views. No wonder he's doing this again. Number one, they reuse their content incessantly, which makes me, gives me, gave me a lot of hope because I was like, ah, I can go back and kind of use older content as um, inspiration, as a seed, as a theme to build new stuff. So number one, they reuse their content. Number two, they anchor and borrow credibility. They anchor and borrow credibility. This is what this means. When someone uses a name or a brand that is well-known, it attracts attention. So for example, if you say something like, you know, uh, three three of Blake Shelton's favorite songs or uh, the, the five... The, the five five of Jerry Seinfeld's best jokes or eight books that Elon Musk recommends reading or uh, four design secrets from Apple or, you know, uh, here's why Nike became the best company in shoes. Whatever it is, what I'm doing there is I'm taking something, a brand, a name that that is famous and that you already know and anchoring a topic to it, right? So I'm saying, if I'm talking about books, instead of saying, Eight books, eight books you should read in 2022, I can say eight books that Elon Musk, Musk recommends reading in 2022, right? All it's doing, it's borrowing credibility and anchoring the topic that you have. I saw this over and over and over again. It was like shocking. Even um, the best celebrities use this over and over. Like I saw, it, it was it was so apparent to see like borrowing credibility and anchoring, which I thought was fascinating in content creation. So uh, number two, they anchor and borrow credibility. Here's number three, the, they obsess over the hook. Like I think that modern marketing, because we're getting shot 14,000 commercial messages every single day, the hook is really important. The hook could be the, uh, the thumbnail of the video, the opening line of the TikTok, the subject line of the email, the tweet itself is the hook. What is it? They obsess over the hook. They spend more time thinking about the hook. They spend more time writing the hook. I recently was telling um, my partner, Jason Capital, that I was getting back in the content game. And he's like, Sean, come up with like your first 10 videos and let me look at them. So I just sketched out my topics of the first 10 videos. And literally, I shared the Google Doc with him. And I saw him going into it. And literally, he changed all the headlines, all the hooks to something different. And I was like, oh, man, that was so good. You know, his brain was so fast in taking my topic and making it a better hook. Um, the five to 20 words that are more important than every other word combined in a writing piece or in a story or in um, a short video, especially if it's a 30 to 60 second video, is the hook. And if that does not attract attention, nobody will consume, read, uh, look through, scroll through the rest of your content. And that's why it's really, really, really important to write the hook first. Before you write your email, write the hook. Before, Because then 
everything that you do in your email is in service of the hook. Before you write your blog post, write the headline because everything that you do is in service of your headline. Before you write uh, or shoot the video, shoot the hook. That way you know everything that you do in service of the hook. Every time, and here's the best part. Here's what I learned. The best part is this. The easiest thing that you can do is look at other hooks that have performed well and just screenshot them and just play on them so that you can utilize that hook and then insert your own content with it and then you can get better with it over time. There's no reason to sit there, stare at a screen and come up with a better hook. Look at a hook that's already been performing that you see out there and then tweak it, remove words, etc., or just replace words that will work better for you. So number three, the obsess over the hook. Number four, I found this a lot and I think you'll, you'll, I thought this was insightful. There's a lot of single trigger words. Number four, there's a lot of single trigger words, which is um, secrets. As you know, I, that's why I actually titled this episode Nine Influencer Secrets. Um, controversial, right? You can say uh, this is a controversial topic or uh, this is an unpopular opinion. Controversial is a interesting trigger word. Unpopular is an interesting trigger word. Unconventional is an interesting trigger word. Secrets is an interesting trigger word. Stuff that when people see, they're like, huh, what is that, right? I'm starting to see more and more of that in good copywriting, good hooks, et cetera. Like, hey, use this unconventional script to get you more leads. Use this uh, unpopular technique to make yourself more money. And I'm like, okay, that's really interesting. So I'm starting to see a lot of single trigger words to make their hooks better. And often just using one word like this makes your hook a lot more powerful, just like when I said nine influencer secrets, right? I could have done more with that, but I thought that was enough. All right, uh, number that was number four, lots of single trigger words. Let me recap really quick. Number one, they re reuse a lot of content, go back and figure out what's working with the themes. Number two, the anchor and borrow credibility. Number three, the obsess over the hook. Number four, lots of single trigger words. Number five, I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. Uh, they create a lot of long form content. All right, they get a lot of long form content. Short form content, which is like snippets, like the Twitter, the 30 to 60 second TikTok video, the 60 second Instagram reel, is great for getting engagement and communicating kind of simpler ideas, but it's very surface level. It builds your brand and gives people like a look into your character, but it's pretty surface level and doesn't lead to building a high quality following in any way. If you want to build a following, if you want to build a following, and get impressions, do short form stuff. If you want to build a long term business, you've got to have long form content. All right. Here's what I mean. Long form content are things like long blog posts, long emails, uh, uh, YouTube videos, podcasts. You know, generally those are longer form stuff, right? Uh, to me, lives are interesting, that that's fine, but it's not a curated piece of content, so you can do a live, an interview, whatever, but longer form content. So long form content is what happens. I'm gonna say this to you. Influencers are driven by impressions. Celebra celebrity is driven by capability. I say it again. Influencers are driven by impressions. Celebrity is driven by capability, all right? So Jerry Seinfeld, worked every single day to write a joke, right? Can you imagine the capability of writing those jokes? Tony Robbins, yes, he can write a tweet, but he runs a 17-hour seminar on a daily basis. Like on a 10, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar, it was seven days, 14 hours a day each. Talk about depth of content. 
right? Modern day influence, you know, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok celebrities are interesting. And I give them, I give them a lot of kudos. Like it takes a lot of courage to build an Instagram or a TikTok following or a Twitter following with short form content. That means you nailed it. That means you got your hook right. That means you got your personality right. But I am not like I am not impressed unless I see depth and long form content. Yes, you get impressions. Influencers drive impressions. Celebrities are driven by capability. I've got to see your capability. To me, that's just me, right? So if I can't see depth and capability, I, I, it's irrelevant to me. Yes, is, is one the beginning of the other? Sure, I understand that. But I will tell you right now, if you don't have long form content, I like I don't care about you. Like I don't I like I love you. I care. I think you're cool, but you will never have a long-term business. You will never be able to go deeper with people. You'll never be able to attract more people. You'll never be able to communicate the depth of your ideas. Your your character will never shine through. You like the very fact that you're listening to me right now. There's a reason, right? The reason is you know that what I've said here can't be a tweet. You know that. Right? And I'm not saying I'm amazing. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm trying to signal to you that in, in what I do, I do it with care. In what I do, I do it with thoughtfulness. In what I do, I have deep depth. I, I can't coach Little League Baseball. Like, I can't teach you how to do the luge. I can't teach you how to fire a gun. I don't know how to, like, I don't know how to do that. But when, in what I know how to do, I'm some of the best in the world. Because, not because of any other reason, but because I can go really, really deep, Right? And my coach told me, he says, Sharon, you don't talk about your credibility or capability often. And I'm really trying here to show you uh, something very specific. I'm trying to show you the power of long-form content. I'm trying to show you the power of long-form content to show you one thing. One, it allows you to organize your thoughts. That's what gives you mastery. Organization of your thoughts gives you mastery. But the organized thoughts when I'm presented to other people gives them the ability to get inspiration and take action. So if I just told you, hey, here the, here's everything that I learned from the last last 30 days, you'd be like, oh my gosh, Sharon, this is such a mishmash. But if I told you, hey, I did 30 days doing research on top influencers before I get back into content creation, like I was really honest, right? And I, I have lots of notes from my team, but I picked out nine influencer secrets to share with you. You're like, okay, this is cool. He's going to share. He, Sharon spent 30 days doing all this research. I've short-circuited 30 days with Sharon's nine, nine, nine lessons. Like that makes sense to you, right? Because I went through and I created this and I'm giving this to you in long form content and you're thinking about it because now you are, you are in depth of rapport with me. The 60 second TikTok video is great for impressions. And I've actually noticed that the greatest influencers, the greatest celebrities, the most famous people, the most successful people, they don't log in and obsess about whether they got 100,000 more views on TikTok. They don't do that. They don't think about, oh, how do I monetize my fame, right? Like not one person who has done really, really well. Like I have several partners and clients who have tens of millions of followers, right? Not one time has any one of them told me not one time has any one of them told me the words, oh, I want to figure out how to monetize my audience. The words monetize my audience only comes from micro-influencers who have just you know, amassed this recent celebrity and they're thinking, oh my gosh, oh, all my, all my fans want proximity to power. They think I'm really cool, like I should try to make money from them. That's, it's fine, it's crazy, but influencers are driven by impressions. Celebrities are driven by capability. And long-form content, organizing your thoughts well, showcases capability, all right? Soapbox, I apologize, but hopefully that was helpful. Number six, 
collaboration with others. I I'm, I saw so many uh, influencer exa- examples out there about collaborations. There was like, hey, uh, the the you know David Meltzer and Justin Lothingshofer, both of them together collaborating. I saw Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, Matt, uh, Matthew McConaughey collaborating. The collaboration, the joint interviews, using each other's platforms, being on each other's stages. I saw a lot of that. And I, I, I told my team that that has to be a part of our strategy because um, it's so much easier for me to say, hey, here are seven things, you know, here, here, are seven thing, here are seven things that I talked about at dinner with Alex Hormozzi. Like Alex and Layla talk about, like we're, I was together for a whole day. We didn't even take a picture. They're some of my best friends. Now, it would be weird if I like take a picture and be like, I'm here, I'm here having dessert with Alex. That's not the point. The point is the collaboration is the point. So I saw a lot more of collaboration with others that I didn't really notice otherwise. So number six, collaboration with others. All right, really quick recap. Number one, they reuse their content. Number two, they anchor and borrow credibility, like you know, eight books Elon likes to read. Number three, they obsess over the hook. They spend a lot of time thinking about the hook because that is the first intro into their world. Number four, they use a lot of uh, single trigger words like secrets, unconventional, unpopular, controversial. Uh, number, number five, they create long form content, remember, Influencers are driven by impressions. Celebrities are driven by capability. Uh, number six, they see a lot of collaboration with others, other influencers, other creators, other famous people that allows people to like double and triple their audience because of that. Here's three more, and I'll give you your uh, give you your day back. I saw more of asking questions and engaging in replies, and then reutilizing those questions as content, especially for bad bad things. So let me explain. Asking questions and engaging replies. I was like, you know, a lot of these people post and ghost. So recently, I um, on LinkedIn, which is a very interesting platform, by the way, I was following this guy Ray Dalio. He's uh, one of the richest, in, you know, hedge fund managers in the world, uh, founder of uh, Bridgewater Associates, the number, the largest hedge fund in the world. And he made a post, and which is which is okay, like it was a B minus post. And I wanted to see what he would do, so I I responded to the post with a question, and. I was one of like two, three hundred comments, and Ray wrote me, or Ray or Ray's team, I, whoever it was, doesn't matter, wrote me a very detailed response. Now that response was a B minus response because it didn't really answer my question. Maybe that's what it was, but I got like a two paragraph response to my question, which was somewhat relevant. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like I didn't expect the team or Ray to do that. It also felt like Ray, so maybe the copywriter got you know uh, feeling our. But here was the best part. A couple of weeks later, I saw him do a post exactly related to my question and that's when i realized i realized i was like okay that's cool not only did he take my question and engage with replies he used one of my my question as a topic for his next piece of con but here's something else as well what i noticed what i noticed was especially on facebook and instagram and tiktok i am shocked at the amount of hate on these platforms so like LinkedIn does not have a lot of hate. Twitter is not that bad, does not have a lot of hate. Uh, blogs, et cetera, don't have that much hate. YouTube, some, but when someone goes through the pain of like watching a video and leaving a hate comment, that's just weird to me. Like they have, they literally have no life. But I'm shocked the amount of hate on Facebook and Instagram, right? Um, but I loved what a bunch of influencers were doing where they would, let's say someone posted a really hateful comment, what I've seen them do is screenshot that and then they'll write an email about it or then or repost that in their stories. I thought that was very 
what very thoughtful, which was ask questions, engage with the replies, and then take the haters, take the negative ones, and use them as fodder for content for more engagement for the future. I thought that was like very brilliantly done. People talk about that a lot, but I'll also tell you this, unless you start getting haters, you're not pushing the envelope on your content. Like you're literally this is what this is. If you don't have haters, public haters, by the way, this is including me. I don't have the amount number of haters that I should, which was what, you know, which is what Jason Capital told me and Alex Hormozzi told me, which is very fascinating. I don't have the amount of haters that I should for the for the size of audience that I have, and the that's a direct reflection in me playing it safe and 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 putting out non polarizing content. They're like Sharon, you need to live more into who you are. You need to say more with conviction. You need to not brag more, but push more. You need to use more not offensive language, but 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 to push people harder. Because once you pick a side, you will start to see the haters, and once you start to see the haters, you'll start to see people who love you. And once you see haters, you can use that as uh, explanation of the various things that, you know, like taking the screenshot and using that as fodder for content. So number seven, ask questions, engage with the replies. And then if you see any haters, use the haters stuff or the negative stuff as fodder for new content. That's number seven. Number eight, uh, signaling results. I saw a lot of this, uh, which was the most obvious form of this is like some, you know, corny course seller or a influencer, like taking a picture in front of a Lamborghini, but you know, yes, they can be more subtle, but they do that. And when they do that, it actually stops the feed. It stops the scroll. It stops, like people do that and that's fine. But um, showcasing results, like personal trainers doing the before and after, uh, marketers po posting client numbers. I've seen a lot of this. Oh, let me show you my Stripe and I just made, you know, how I made $2.5 million. And uh, I recently saw a guy who like posted his tax return or showed his tax return of that on his YouTube video. That's fine. Like I, 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 I don't like doing that for, from a money perspective because I was raised conservatively when it comes to that and it's really hard for me to talk about like sh flaunt money. But showing results helps people think better, I think. So I'm seeing a lot of, I saw a lot of influencers show results. Like, for example, I saw a bunch of videos of Gary Vaynerchuk basically say, hey, in 2020, in 2010, I said this was going to happen. In 2021, this happened. Look at me, I'm amazing, Right. But he also made hundreds of predictions that never came true. But the team very thoughtfully picked what came true and then had him do a before and after about that. Like, I thought that was really smart. And so if you, a before and after thing is really powerful, uh, you can showcase things and signal results, but do it in a tasteful way. If you don't want to show client numbers, like blank it out, blank out the client's name, don't violate client privacy. But signaling results is really important because when you signal results, especially if you're if you're trying to build a business on the backs of social media, when you can say, hey, look at my client, they got this result, they did it by these three things, it automatically, the world's gone to the point, you don't even have to say message me for if you want to know more, they know that. Like the, the person knows if you say, hey, I have a client, he didn't have six pack abs, he was not sleeping well, he had a big fat dad, dad bod belly, and in six months of working with me, he actually followed all the programs and he got a six, he got six pack abs, he's sleeping better, and here's a picture. Um, so proud of my, my client. If you did that, you don't even have to say message me if you want to know this. Like that's like that's sleazy. But if you don't even say that, I know that. Like, I know that if I want that result, I know that I would message you. I know that, right? The world knows that when they see a before and after, or when they see a transformation, or when they see a result, they know that they have to, like, reach out because now the responsibility is on them. I They know that. So 
you don't even have to be sleazy. Just post the result. Just share the signal. Signaling results is a really, really good thing. All right. So, so do it in a in a thoughtful way. But signaling results is a good thing. Last but not least, number nine. I found that every single celebrity that I know, uh, that that or influencer that I saw, seems to default to a primary platform. Right. Uh, Tim Ferriss. His primary platform is his podcast. Right. Straight up. Naval Ravikant, his primary platform is Twitter, right? Uh, uh, Charlie D'Amelio, primary platform is is uh, TikTok. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, if you know Cristiano, number one, one no, number two highest paid soccer player in the world, uh, is on Instagram, right? Uh, Tom Bilyeu, he does he, most of his stuff is on YouTube and Impact Theory, but he's doing more on Instagram. Tony Robbins, he's, you're seeing a lot more ads, but he has more YouTube content than most people. I'm starting to see that most people have a primary platform that they learn from. I actually was talking to uh, like Jason Capital. Jason's a really sharp guy building a, you know, a new version of his business, which is very, very cool in the marketing world. And his primary platform is Instagram and mainly Instagram and Instagram reels and Instagram stories. I talked to Alex Hormozzi and Alex told me that he uses Twitter to... Uh, create and think about his ideas. And he curates his ideas on Twitter with a one-line tweet. And based on what traction that gets, he then writes a thread out of it. And if the thread gets traction when he's recording videos, he just looks at his Twitter and then he records his videos because those are the ones that actually got traction. Now, I don't enjoy Twitter. Like, that's a really hard thing for me, dude. That, that works for Alex. You may think his primary platform is something else, but he goes to Twitter for everything because he uses that as a development ground for his ideas. All influencers have a primary platform that feeds everything, either philosophically or idea generation-wise. It feeds everything. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to be everywhere, think, oh my gosh, I'm going to start somewhere, but then go everywhere, right? I'm going to start somewhere and love where I start and then go everywhere, right? Start somewhere and then go everywhere. So be like really hammer your home base. That way you know that you, you've learned that platform well, you process your ideas well, you like the interface well, you engage with that well, and then you use those ideas to develop other things. All right, those were my nine influencer secrets that I, that I wanted to share with you that I put together over my last 30 days of research. Let me flip through them really quickly. Number one, they reuse their content. They go back, figure out what worked, and they find uh, 10,000 new ways to tell the same story for the 10 themes that worked. Number two, anchor and borrow credibility, which is saying, hey, uh, eight books that Elon recommends that you read, which Elon never did, but you know what that means. Number three, the obsess over the hook. So what is the three to 15 words or a quick blurb that allows you to catch someone's attention because otherwise they're going to scroll past that. Number four, lots of single trigger words, secrets, unpopular, uncontroversial, uh, etc. Number five, create long form content because without long form content, you have no depth. Uh, influencers are driven by impressions, celebrities are driven by capability. You want capability because that's how people hire you. That's how people work with you for life. You can get short-term gain, but tomorrow someone else is going to come up, come through and blow your impression status out of the water. If the algorithm changes, you can be totally screwed. Depth, long-form content is what's going to actually get you long-term relationships. All right, number uh, six collaboration with others. See if you can get connected and collaborate. I would say at least once a week, do a live with someone else. Uh, do be on other people's shows. Whatever that it takes to collaborate with others that are also creating gives you inspiration, gives you focus, gives you sharing of ideas because each person is doing something uniquely well. And if you even just glean that, you could win big time.
Number seven, ask questions and engage with the replies and then use those as content. Number eight, signal your results. Just don't be sleazy about it, but signal your results. You don't even have to have a call to action when you signal your results. Just keep signaling results as long as they're true. Number nine, have a primary platform, which is start here and then multiply. That feeds everything. Have a primary platform that feeds everything. All right. So hopefully you you uh, hopefully one of these were helpful to you. What I would really love is if you don't mind, uh, just just go to Instagram and direct message me and say, hey, Sharon, I listened to that and I liked x or i liked y that would be that would be awesome so feel free to totally do that by the way if you are um, a business that is doing anywhere in the service business that's doing anywhere in the three million to ten million range and you're looking to kind of three x your business over the next three to five years and position it for a great exit uh, go to highlandprime.com the same uh, same the way it's spelled highlandprime.com that's where i get to work with you as a minority partner to help you grow and scale your business all right i appreciate you for listening Hopefully this was fun, and if this was uh, good, just send me a DM. Tell me this was great, and I'll that way it'll uh, help me make more like this for you in the future. I appreciate you. Talk soon. Bye. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com.